three quarters of the battle is showing up. Isn't it true? Once you get there, it's more than half the battle. And uh, you made it here this morning, and I commend you for that. And I believe that you will receive something in Jesus' name. You have your Bibles. Would you open up to Revelation chapter 8 as we continue our study through the book of Revelation? This past Tuesday night, we completed um, about, let's see, we started in January, February, March, April, May, almost five months of uh, teaching, and we had an amazing time. We learned so, so much, and I only hope that I could communicate uh, in this setting, which is a little different because on a Tuesday night it was more of a classroom question and answer time, um, but I believe you're going to receive something. Now, we are uh, studying about end times. Now, I've entitled this message, Does God Have Your Attention? Does God have your attention? What I want to do is show you a chart just to refresh your memory and to give you an understanding. Uh, I don't know how well you can see that, uh, but just to give you an overview of God's plan for the future. How many of you know what God is planning? How many of you want to know what God is planning? Uh, well, you need to because you're going to be a part. Uh, just a timeline, and if you look uh, all the way over to the left, you see uh, the, the life of Jesus, his resurrection. Forty days later, he ascended into heaven, and we are living in this time period right here known as the church age. The church age that began at the day of Pentecost, the act book of Acts chapter 2, when people came to faith in Christ and the church started and has continued to this day. You and I are a part of the church age. The next event on God's prophetic timeline or timetable is the rapture of the church. That is the first phase of the second coming. Amen. How many of you want to be a part of that? Well, as we get into the, this message this morning, you definitely want to be a part of it because the alternative is not good. Plan B is not really an option. Because if you miss the rapture, now the rapture is seen in many passages of Scripture. One of them is 1 Thessalonians, New Testament, Paul in chapter 4 says, the Lord himself, Jesus, shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a, with a voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord. Now that's the first phase, if you will, of the second coming. What happens after that is seven years of tribulation. In, in some passages, it's called the Great Tribulation. Now, this is, this is critical. In chapter 6 to chapter 18 of the book of Revelation, we're in chapter 8, so we fall in that, that time frame. From chapter 6 to chapter 8, we see 
the beginning and uh, the continuation of, of seven years of tribulation that the world has never seen. COVID is, is a little taste of what it's going to be like, just a little taste, and we're going to see it. Uh, we have, we've already begun, passed the mic a few weeks ago, um, ministered on chapter 6, and, and so we're going to look into that today. Now, so the seven-year tribulation is horrific. We're going to, again, we're going to look, we looked at some of it, and we're going to see that there are um, three sets of seven judgments that come out. There are the, the seal judgments, and then there are the trumpets that are, that, are, that are blown, and then the seven bowls that are poured out. Now, we've, we've looked at the seven seals. Actually, we're going to look at the seventh, which, which opens up and precipitates and begins the seven trumpets that are blown. And we're going to look at the four trumpets today. But, but here's what you have to understand, that as these judgments go along, the intensity of them increases horrifically uh, uh, in, a, in, a, in a very uh, real way the suffering is going to be off the charts the judgments of God are going to increase and we're going to, we're going to see this now the, the good news is the church will not be here this is God's judgment upon a Christ rejecting resisting rebellious world so as we look at these these judgments we're going to see um, if you can go back to the next the, ne the last screen of end time events there's going to be a seven year period of tribulation we go up in the rapture seven years uh, of tribulation unfold and then Jesus comes back we come back with him as glorified new bodies, saints of God. Amen. We're going to have new bodies. Amen. Men, that, that six-pack you always wanted, you're going to have. Amen. You're going to trade that keg in for a six-pack. Amen. Uh, women, that, that hourglass figure you always wanted, you're going to have it. We're going to have perfect bodies, glorified bodies. No more death, no more decay, no more sin. I mean, it is going to be awesome. And we're coming back with Jesus. And then there's going to be a thousand-year millennial reign of Christ with his people on the earth. And then there's going to be what's called the great white throne judgment. This is the judgment of all people who have rejected Christ, not submitted to his lordship, not repented of their sins, not put their faith in him. This is God's overview of his plan. And then the new heaven and the new earth. This we're going to see in Revelation 21 and 22. Okay, um, so, so let's, um, let's look at chapter 8 this morning. If you have your Bibles, verse 1, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. 
And the smoke of the incense, which with the prayers of the saints, ascended before God in the, from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire with, from the altar, threw it to the earth, and there was noises, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquakes. Now, if you remember chapters 4 and 5, there was some incredible worship, praise, rejoicing. There were seraphim. There were uh, angelic uh, beings and different uh, uh, creatures, as they were described, uh, worshiping before the throne of God with shouts, with praise, with declarations. And then there were peoples from every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every kindred, all of mankind that were redeemed, that were praising and worshiping God. I mean, it was, it was loud. It was praise. It was worship. Now, I want you to do something. Stand with me right now. I want you to just take 10 seconds and just give God praise right now. Amen. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, you may be seated. Now, I want us to be totally silent. Nobody say amen. Nobody speak. Nobody do anything starting right now. Okay, now you can breathe. That was 30 seconds. Wasn't, didn't that seem like a long time? Some of you were getting all nervous in the service. The Bible says there's going to be silence in heaven for 30 minutes. Why? I mean... Well, first let me just say, 30 seconds seem like an eternity. Imagine, imagine 30 minutes, one half hour, silence. I mean, there's, there was the explosions of praise and worship and, and all of that, but, but for a half hour. So the question is, why the silence? You know... Isn't it true silence can be deafening? Many commentators believe it was just this powerful interlude. There was this holy hush in heaven. There was this pregnant pause. Was it because they were awestruck? All of heaven was awestruck at what they had seen up until this point and now it was like the lull before the storm. There was this foreboding silence as the angels were about to blow the trumpets of God's judgments. There will be these series 
of judgments. There will be these trumpets that will begin to sound, and I want to just walk through them. The first one, it says, so the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. If you could put up that next slide. The first angel sounded, and hail and fire followed, mingled with blood, and they were thrown to the earth, and a third of the trees were burned up, and all the grass was burned up. In this first trumpet judgment, one-third of the earth burned up. One-third of all the trees, all green grass. Think about that. Think about the effect on the ecological system. Think about the imbalance it's going to cause. Think about the effect on the earth. This is the second series of judgments, and we're going to see that these four uh, trumpets that, that we look at in this chapter that are going to be blown, that are going to uh, carry out or, or, or uh, cause the judgments to fall, we're going to see that they parallel, they parallel the judgments in Egypt. When Pharaoh and the Egyptians would not let the people of God go free, so God warned them, God prepared them, and then God said, you're going to see the fury of my judgment, and he began to pour out these judgments. And we're going to see they're very similar. The second trumpet blows in verse 8. Then the second angel sounded, and something like a great mountain burning with fire, was thrown into the sea, and a third of the sea became blood, and a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Think about that. Think about, again, the effect. You know, we have heard, uh, um, I think, we've all heard the different theories or, or different uh, prospects of asteroids falling to the earth or parts of, of stars or parts of whatever just falling and the effect it could have and the impact and, and you know we haven't seen anything like that but there's coming a day think about it a third of the sea think of the effect on earth imagine living here COVID would and, and no disrespect or not taking it lightly COVID is going to look like a joke when you think of a third of the sea it's going to become like blood a third of sea life is going to be killed. Think of the stench and the smell of that. A third of the sea vessels are going to be destroyed. I had read, and this, this is an old statistic. I didn't get an updated one. But back, I think, in the early 2000s, there were 80-something thousand sea vessels. So think of a third. What would that be like? 20, 30-something thousand? Think of the effect, again, on on food, on the economy. Think of the ripple effect that's it's going, to take, uh, it's going to take place. Verse 10, Then the third angel sounded, and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch, and it fell on third of the rivers and on the springs of water, and the name of the star is Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and then many died from the water because it was made bitter. Again, the next slide. A third of all fresh water becomes bitter. Think of how important water is. Parts of the world today, 
uh, because, of, because of lack of rain and the dry and arid areas of the earth. Some people uh, are just dying. In some countries, there's no fresh water. And think of the effect. But when, when God pours out his judgment, one-third of all fresh water is going to become bitter. Maybe, maybe those countries that we know of, they, they, they suffer those things, but we're, we're a first-rate uh, uh, nation. No, no, no. We're going to be affected. The whole earth is going to be affected by these judgments. All of mankind across the globe, across the nations, will all be affected. Verse 12, then the fourth angel sounded, and a third of the sun was struck, a third of the moon, a third of the stars, so that a third of them was darkened, and a third of the day did not shine, and likewise the night. Wow. Do you know that God has set the stars and the sun in such precise places that if the sun was to move closer or further away, we would either be scorched or we would freeze. But, the, but it says that all light sources will be darkened by a third. Think again of the impact. And think of... As I said, the severity of those things. Now look at verse uh, 13. And I looked and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpets of the three angels who are about to sound. So again, think about it this morning, that, that look how bad this is, and I, I, I don't have the time and, and to really uh, get into it and describe it, but just to, to just read it and touch on it, but, but the angel's saying, you don't even know how bad things are going to get. He was basically saying, cheer up, the worst is yet to come. We see in these judgments the increasing intensity but understand the good news to this morning is that true believers will not be on the earth. During the seven years of the great tribulation, we will be with the Lord. Two important things that I want to I just bring this together with. Two important things. Make sure you are ready. Prepare now. Get right with God. Make sure that you are not here during the great tribulation. This is the opportunity. Today is the day of salvation. The ark of, of the Noah's ark, if you will, is open. The ark of safety is there. The ark of, of safety in Christ is open to you and I today. Now is the time. There is no guarantee. Make sure you are ready. Don't wait till the last minute to prepare because we don't know how much time we have. Number one. Number two, may God birth within us a heart for evangelism. May our hearts go out to those who are not saved. Family, friends, relatives, co-workers, classmates, without Jesus Christ, they will go through the tribulation. They will experience God's wrath upon a world that has denied, defied, and determined to resist God Almighty. 
These four trumpet judgments, as I said, parallel the the plagues that God brought upon the Egyptians. And you know what one of the things that Pharaoh said when Moses came with the word of the Lord, when Moses declared to Pharaoh saying, let my people go that they might worship him. Do you know what Pharaoh's response was? Exodus 5.2, he said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? It's the same thing people say today. We have nations, we have peoples, we have uh, people close by and far off who have the same mentality. Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice? God doesn't have authority over my body. I can do with my body what I want to do with it. God doesn't have authority over my finances. I can do what I want with my money. God doesn't have authority over my life. I do what I want with it. Oh, really? Then you face the wrath of God and just like Pharaoh Blow after blow after blow, he understood finally that the Lord is God. And there's coming a day that people will will experience these harsh and hard judgments. And you would think, you would think that when God brings these judgments, that people, mankind, they would begin to cry out for mercy. They would begin to repent. They would begin to change. My question this morning to you, does God have your attention? Or are you distracted even in the house of God? You know, people even get distracted in church. You know, I find in our culture right now, we are so distracted by our phones. And and I know it just becomes redundant and you just block this out and it's, it's the musings of an old, older man, pastor. But do you know how how the devil is using that so we can't even hear God anymore. We're addicted to this thing. You want to know how you're addicted to it? When you have to get on it. When you have to check the weather. You have to check your email. You have to check your Facebook. You have to check this. You're addicted. We've got to break that addiction. You know so many times I'm talking to my wife and, or she's talking to me and I'm there but I'm not there. And then sometimes I'll say to her kind of facetiously, and, and I don't mean disrespect to her, but I say, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, the reason why I say that is because she said words, but I didn't hear what she was saying. I heard words, but I didn't process it because I was distracted in my mind. And we have been so conditioned to be distracted in our minds Because of not just the phone, but because of all of the messages and the voices that are coming our way. And that's why I entitled this message, Does God Have Your Attention? It's like we almost say to God, I don't even know what you're talking about. Could be sitting in church, hearing a message, and our minds are so distracted. And we're like, God, I don't even know what you're saying. I don't even know what you're talking about, God. Really? Really, when God Almighty is trying to say, hey, listen, wake up, wake up, judgment's coming. We see the signs of the times, and listen, Israel is in the news. I want you to understand something. When it comes to biblical prophecy, Israel is, in, is front and center. Not, not just the nation, but the plot of ground, the, the, the land, uh, the Middle East is where it will end. The whole world of, of these these 
end time events, we'll, we'll, we'll see some of the, the, the fulfillment right in the land. And look what's happening in Israel right now. In part, we're going to see as we study the book of Revelation, there's a, a, a Christ who comes on the scene, a, a Messiah, false Messiah, Antichrist, who is going to broker peace in the Middle East because it's going to be a place of utter confusion and they're going to be crying out for peace. They're going to be crying out for help. They're going to be crying out for somebody to come. Instead of accepting Jesus Christ, they're going to accept an antichrist, a false messiah. They're going to be deceived. You say, how could it be? Just like people in America are accepting a false messiah, a false fulfillment, a false answer. They're putting their hope in money, in their career. They're putting their hope in a person. It will not fulfill the need. It will not meet the need. Only Jesus can. And here we have, in God's judgments, he's turning up the heat because he loves humanity. Even in the tribulation, God's hope and purpose is to turn people. Yeah. It's to save people. Yeah. You see, he puts greater pressure on because if in comfort mankind won't receive him, maybe in discomfort. Hello? Yeah. Isn't it true that when things are going easy in our lives, we just tip our hat to God? Praise the Lord, we'll come to church. And, but, but it's so easy to get pulled away and become complacent, not pray as much, not seek as much. And so if in comfort God, mankind won't turn, God will turn up the heat. One truth we learn in the book of Revelation is God uses physical disasters to communicate spiritual messages. Let me say that again. God uses physical disaster to create or to communicate spiritual mess messages. As C.S. Lewis once so profoundly said, God whispers in our pleasures, but he shouts in our pain. It's his megaphone to arouse a deaf world. You see, in reality, God uses pain to get our attention. Title of my message, does God have your attention? Pain has a way of snapping us out of denial and into reality. What is living in denial? Living in denial is a coping mechanism whereby we try to protect ourselves by refusing to accept the truth about something happening in our life. People live in denial when they blame other people for their problems. They blame their parents. They blame their children their spouse, their boss, their leader, their mayor, their governor, their president, their pastor, living in denial. But what I have observed is people live in denial because it's easier to live in denial than to change. You know why? Because change is hard. Change hurts. We avoid the truth. We avoid reality. People are not willing to necessarily change. It's easy to stay the same. Change is painful. People won't necessarily change until the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. So God will allow pain in our life. Let me give you an illustration. Health-wise, you know you should eat better and you know you should exercise, but we don't. Until the doctor says... Unless you lose weight, change your diet, your health is in danger. 
Hello, you're getting quiet on me. Come on. You're not going to go through the tribulation. Some of you look, some of you look like you're going through it right now. <laughs> we live in denial about our health until the doctor snaps us into reality and says, listen, until you change, unless you change, you're digging a grave with your fork. Financially, you know you shouldn't spend money that you don't have. You know you shouldn't keep charging, 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 and then getting more credit cards. But you don't change until the bill collectors keep calling, email, texting, and your credit, credit score goes down to 365, which is very low. And then you know you can't borrow anymore, you can't beg anymore, you can't get your way out of it. Then reality sets in and you realize, I have to take cheese class. <laughs> then maybe it's marital issues. You can get by for a little while with substance abuse, anger issues. Until your spouse says, I can't live with this anymore. We need counseling. Some marriages, they'll go on, they'll live in denial until they're shaken into reality. I was reading a book on the emotionally healthy leader. It's by a pastor in New York City, Peter Scazzaro. And in his book, he writes about the anger issues he had. He, his church was growing. Uh, Several, uh, I think a thousand, fifteen hundred people, an international church, sixty nations represented. The church was growing, the ministry was growing, but he had some issues, and there was some anger issues at home. And and for a while, lived in denial, lived in denial. Finally, his wife said, "Listen, I am done with it. I'm leaving the church." Now, listen. Over the years, we've had some people leave the church, and it hurt. But when your wife says she's leaving the church, Hello, that's a wake-up call. You've got you've to get out of denial. But that caused him to go on a journey that changed his life and birthed a ministry. He now writes books, does seminars on being an emotionally healthy leader. Why? Because the pain got so great of staying the same that he was willing to endure the pain of change. And brothers and sisters, God will bring pain in our life to wake us up, to get our attention. Pain, suffering, confrontation has a way of shaking us out of denial, coming to a place, no more blaming others, no more excuse making, no more playing the victim. And as we see, and I bring this to a conclusion, as we see in the severity of judgments as we move forward during this seven years of tribulation, why is it getting more severe? Because there's no change, there's no repentance. You know, in the Gospels, Jesus said this to, to a people, to a city that he had preached his, his word, preached his heart out, preached the gospel to them, and they didn't respond. And he said this to them. He said this, very fascinating. He said, we played wedding music and you didn't dance. We played funeral music and you didn't mourn. You know what he was saying? He was saying no matter whether we preached severity, judgment, or whether we preached grace and mercy, it didn't have an effect. 
And what concerns me in this nation and what we see in our culture is we've seen COVID shut down sports, shut down movie theaters, shut down schools, shut down so much. And really, we, we've all taken a hit to some degree, but it still hasn't changed people. Yet maybe some people have looked to God a little more. Maybe it's made some effect, but as a whole, I don't think we see that in our world or our nation. We don't see our leaders calling for prayer and fasting, repenting of the sins of our nation or, or, or calling people to the house of God. We don't see that, but we see men trying to come up with answers and you see the folly of changing this. One day they say this, one day they say that. They don't know what they're doing. They're doing their best, but we need God. We need God. You see, God will use grace. He'll use mercy. He'll use judgment. He'll use whatever. You see, there's one scripture I want to close with. If you turn with me and we're going we're gonna to pray, I'm really going to close now. Psalm 119. Psalm 119, verse 67. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Let me say that again. You can see it up on the screen. Before, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. What, what is he saying? He's saying, you know what? I was doing my own thing, but then God, you chasing me. And that got my attention. May God get our attention today. Amen. God, even in his judgment, he loves us. Do you understand that this morning? He loves us. Verse 71 of that same chapter. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your ways. Would you stand together with me this morning? I want to ask you, does God have your attention God will use mercy and grace if we respond to it, so be it. But God will also use difficult times to get our attention. But in the end, it's all good. In the end, his love is revealed to us. Would you pray together with me this morning? Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for what you're speaking to our hearts. Lord, I believe that you have broken the word of God and, and divided it up amongst us for all of us to eat all of us to be nourished, all of us to grow, all of us to be convicted, all of us to change. Father God, I just pray this morning that we would now receive enough to be able to change, God. Let us receive life. Let us receive the word. Let us receive the spirit this morning. God, bless your word to our hearts. Father God, even as I mentioned in the message, let us be ready for your coming. Let us be prepared that we would not be here for this, this time of great tribulation. But also, God, let us have a burden, a concern, God, that we would begin to pray for those that don't know you, that are heading, that are marching towards judgment, that, God, if you pour out your judgment and the tribulation begins, they will be a part of it. God, give us a burden that we love them, that we pray for them, that we share the gospel with them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. The Lord bless you, amen.